welcome to We Never Met, the podcast where I have an interesting stranger on every single week. Today we have Laura, the owner of the Wicker Park Inn. So, Laura, how did you get involved first with the Wicker Park Inn? So it was owned by two guys, two gentlemen, Stephen and David, and they were clients of ours at the bakery. And so... I mean, I guess we'll go into this now, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, I also own the Alliance Bakery back in the day. I don't own oh, it currently. Really? Yeah. yeah. So. I, I went there uh, not too long ago, actually. It's a great bakery. Yeah. It's a kind of a Wicker Park institution. Yeah. So um, I had the privilege of owning the Alliance Bakery for about five years back in the early 2000s. How did you get into the bakery game? <laughs> well, um, so interestingly enough, I mean, I was working in advertising and... Um, I just have an allegiance for the Alliance Bakery and all things kind of, you know, retro yeah. and and really kind of really beautiful. They make sure. beautiful cakes and it's just very old school style. So yeah. um, I saw a listing for the space and I just kind of jumped at the opportunity of purchasing it. Um, wow. I didn't know anything about owning a bakery or a cafe. I've worked in cafes before. Sure. But um, I was married at the time and it was an opportunity for us to kind of just do something on our own versus working for someone else. Right. And um, so we purchased it in, I want to say, 2002. Um, and then one of our clients was the owner of the Wicker Park Inn mm. and they would come and buy pastries from us and okay. they would serve it for breakfast to their guests. And they were moving off to France and I thought, I was still working full-time and running the bakery. So this was my opportunity to kind of quit the full-time gig and run the B&B and have the bakery and the B&B at the same time. So what what clicked for you to be like, I want to own a business now? Like what (laughs) changed in your life? Because if you go sort of... If you're sort of like, I guess, tinkering with the idea of maybe doing that, but then yeah, just one day deciding it. You know, it's, it's, it's probably best that you don't know what you're getting into because if Mm. you know all the parameters, (laughs) I mean, I think a lot of people, yeah, Yeah. it's like having a baby. If you've never had a baby, you're like, oh, that's so great. Maybe I'll have a baby. And then you have one, you're like, oh my God, my life is over. (laughs) Like, why didn't anyone tell me I'm not going to get any sleep? My life is going to completely change. And then it's good. Then you realize how to live your life having a family. And there's so many rewards to it. So owning a business, buying a business, um, it was one of those things where I felt it was an opportunity and it kind of spoke to me, you Mm. know, the bakery, it was just such a beautiful place and it's still around and it's doing really well. And I liked the fact that I had something to do with that and kind of keeping it alive. And then I sold the bakery actually when I had my first daughter, like a year afterwards, I just couldn't do the bakery, the B and B and the baby. So, um, but it was just a labor of love and I really enjoyed having it. But, um, maybe not knowing what I was getting into kind of allowed me to just sort of feel my way through it. Um, having a passion for, I think the things that I really like and that Mm. I really enjoy and just sort of letting the consumer kind of help dictate what we, what went well and what didn't go well. So, um, before you, before you bought it, who owned it? Was it a long time? standing family or something? Yeah. Or? Well, previous to, it was Heidi Hedeker who owned it prior to, to myself. Okay. And, um, she owned it probably for a period of 10, maybe 15 years. Okay. Um, so, and before her was this older family, like it was, it's an institution here in yeah. the neighborhood, but it was always a Polish bakery. Okay. Um, and then when Heidi w- sold it to me, um, she was just going through a tough time. Her dad had just passed away and mm. he was also a 
uh, big part of the business. So she went on to become a, a professor over at Kendall okay. uh, College, and I think she does really well as yeah. sort of like a you know uh, just a, a chef professor teaching others how to mm-hmm. do what she does for you know just has a passion for baking. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of kept the tradition alive. Yeah. I changed a few things because the neighborhood was changing. It was no longer a Polish neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and there were certain products that people were asking for or looking for. So in a way, I, I you had You were the transitioner a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And not trying to like get rid of the old stuff because right. I really do love all the classics, right? But right. Um, the neighborhood was definitely at that point where there were new people coming into the neighborhood. So Right. It's like the balance of like keeping the traditional and also staying relevant still. Exactly. You know? um, yeah. And so while you, so you own that bakery and then- that you own the bakery and the Wicker Park Inn at the same time for a little bit? Yeah. So as of 2004, I purchased the Wicker Park Inn and ran both the bakery and the B&B. And it was sort of a sort of symbiotic relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I only had three guest rooms at the time, so it was, wasn't difficult to manage the guests and keep everything running really well. And yeah. then I would also manage the retail staff at the bakery. So I would kind of go back and forth. There's only three, there was only three bedrooms in there. Was it a lot smaller? It was, it was just one side of the building. Initially, I lived on the first floor, um, again with my then, uh, husband, then, Mm -hmm. um, my ex now. (laughs) And, um, it wasn't until, uh, we started a family that I realized you can't have a baby in a B and B. Are you kidding me? Like no one wants to hear a baby (laughs) crying in the middle of the night. Yeah. So relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. Not very cozy. Um, and also just for me, anxiety wise. Is like I just wanted to have my personal space. Right, yeah. So um, found a place just across the street from the B&B, luckily oh, enough. Okay. So I literally live just like 200 feet away. Do you still from, live there now? I do. Okay. I well, do. that's nice though, kind of, because if you're across the street in case anything yeah, happens. Yeah, I can look out my window and I can see exactly what's going on. So yeah. while, you know, there is this sort of a little bit of separation of church and state, yeah. I'm literally right there on premise. So, wow. Yeah. I've walked past your uh, house so many times. <laughs> it just never knew. Um, yeah. But yeah, because it is, it's a very big, and how many, do you have 11 rooms now? Um, yeah, so we have nine guest rooms at the B and B itself, yeah. and then I rent out to the apartments below me on um, where I live. Currently. Oh, okay. So I live in a three flat. The garden unit and the first floor are rented out for short term rental. Okay. So people who are traveling with groups or families, the apartments work out very nicely. And then the B and B has nine guest rooms. So yeah, couples will generally stay. Sometimes a couple with a child. Um, but yeah. So how? in your estimations during this business, how are Airbnbs like very different than other well, hospitality institutions? I have to say like, I've been on the Airbnb platform since it first started. Um, I was really hip to the idea of people staying locally and mm-hmm. experiencing neighborhoods versus staying downtown in a hotel. Sure. Um, I think the only difference between an Airbnb versus a bed and breakfast that I operate is that I'm fully licensed. I have people on staff mm. there 24 seven. Right. Um, I'm also there to, you know, answer any questions. I think, it's not like your house and then someone stays there sometimes exactly yeah 
So it's it's fully serviced. We have someone there, and we kind of operate like a hotel, mm-hmm. um, and that you're going to find that sort of um, level of service. Mm-hmm. And an Airbnb is great, but a lot of it seems to be more of a DIY experience, right? Mm-hmm. You get your bo- uh, keys out of a lockbox. You right. check yourself you're in. You're doing everything. Exactly. Yeah, instead of having someone help. Which is kind of nice. I mean, some people like to travel anonymously and not be right. bothered and have their own <laughs> apartment in, in the city. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. So live like a local is like kind of the mantra for Airbnb. And that's sort of our mantra as well. But at the same time, with some guidance and a professional there to kind of walk you through like where to go to eat and uh, just the check-in process as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Because I read an article about you um, talking about like when the hotels were coming Mm -hmm. around here. And like, so how did you compete with like massive chains that presumably can like cut down rates at any point and stuff, you know what I mean? Well, I think the benefit for me, and there's another hotel that will be opening up soon, the Hyatt Place. They seem like to be opening them like crazy everywhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the story of Chicago, right? We're developing like wildfire. I mean, there's, there's so much going on and it's good. I mean, that means that the, the market is, is demanding more rooms. People are coming to Chicago and they're experiencing that. I mean, our city just has so much to offer. We've got sports, we have restaurants, we have nightlife. I mean, I don't know. I personally love Chicago. Are you from Chicago? I am. I grew up in the Southwest suburbs. So um, I went away to college and came back and I just, I don't know. I I have affinity towards Chicago and this neighborhood in particular. Yeah. Cause we're from Milwaukee. Um, but they have a, a, a weird thing where like they keep putting up hotels and apartment buildings. Uh-huh. And I'm like, who's moving here though? Yeah. You know, where are all the people? I feel like there's a critical mass of like apartments or hotels and they probably, they haven't hit it, I guess yet, but I, I'm always amazed by that. Yeah. I think here in Chicago, we do have conventions that come in. And so there's been in the past, there just weren't enough hotel rooms mm. to be honest. And now I feel like there's a surplus of hotel rooms. Right. I think people are sort of, realizing that we have hit that critical mass yeah. where the supply is definitely greater than the demand. Right. Um, except for when you go into like peak times of the year, sure. you know, yeah, yeah. maybe the Chicago marathon where everybody comes to Chicago. Right. Um, right. So, I mean, Lollapalooza used to be like a big draw and yeah. it still is for me because people want to hang out in Wicker Park, but mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, it's not that massive where yeah. you need to have a hundred extra hotels. So, right. Yeah. yeah. And, th- and that c- sort of helps you almost though, because then if there's like a surplus, it's like, well, what makes you different? And yeah. you have a very distinct thing that makes you different. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I am not a hotel. I'm not an Airbnb. I'm mm-hmm. something in between. Right. So I think what we offer that's different is also what makes us very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, we do that elevated kind of BB experience. Um, and yet at the same time, we're here locally. And, yeah. and just, you know, overall, I think we give people that sort of um, something they weren't expecting and are pleasantly surprised when they do find us. Yeah. So because you are doing very well um, with that. So how are people reacting? And obviously you're expanding too. I heard you're, are you expanding more? No. So with uh, Chicago, the ordinance is that you're only allowed to have 11 guest rooms if you're a in Chicago. Well, you know, I think they, they can, and here is, here's the rub because I think that they want to control businesses in Mm -hmm. a certain way to make sure that they're regulated and, and maintained very well. 
but there are some things that they don't regulate, right? The yeah. Airbnbs of the world. And that's, right. that's, the, that's the backside of things that I kind of, I realize that Airbnb is a platform for anyone to be a host. Mm. Um, and, you know, you, you do well and that's great. But I feel like in some cases, those that don't do well, don't kind of necessarily have a way, nobody has a way to like shut them down. Oh, sure. So, yeah. um, hopefully, you know, when customers see that there's like bad experiences, they don't go there <laughs> anymore. Yeah. But, um, but for me, I mean, I have to follow a certain code of conduct. We do get inspected. So right. we are, you know, fully inspected, fully licensed. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that should happen with Airbnbs. I feel like there should be some level of yeah, there for safety be. precautions. Right, like, right. At and least. I, I think as long as there are people who are willing to check it, try it out, then yeah. obviously that's that's our self-regulation, right? It's mm -hmm. like people are the ones who are regulating it. Right. It's just unfortunate that someone has to have that experience right. to, to do that, you know? Yeah. You have to have one bad experience and then all of a sudden it's like... Mm. It's a waterfall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with the apartments that you are under you, do you put those on Airbnb or do you not? I do yeah. actually. Yeah. And, you know, it used to be that... Um, I mean, I like the Airbnb platform again because right. it is about staying locally in neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, we've been pretty successful on the Airbnb platform. Um, my prices are a little bit higher than, you know, your standard Airbnb. Yeah. Simply because, again, we offer the full service and we are fully licensed. And so mm -hmm. there's other kinds of um, just additional amenities that people get when they stay with us. Right. But it hasn't seemed to... Um, hinder us on the platform at all. I think people really appreciate that and they want that. And I think Airbnb is actually trying to include more hotels or mm. B&Bs or boutique kind of hotels onto their platform. Yeah. Do you, so what are some like really positive guest experiences that you have? Cause I'm sure you get a, a, a good amount of that. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. We, um, we are starting to become very popular for full house rentals. Oh, wow. So, so all of, 11 rooms are booked? all 11 rooms or at least all nine guest rooms within the property itself. Maybe oh, sure, they don't sure. include the yeah. apartments. Yeah. Um, people will rent out the full house because that way they have the whole run of house Yeah. Um, for weddings in particular. They can oh, all get cool. ready there. The photographer comes and takes photos. Could you have a big space, like event space sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of nice. Everyone has the hair and makeup done on site. Mm -hmm. um, we offer full service, like a full breakfast every morning. So everyone kind of gathers in the kitchen. Oh, nice. They graze all day, get ready for their wedding. And the chaos of the day in and of itself, it's it's just like nutty, but then yeah. everyone's all housed under one roof. So there's no additional coordinating where's, that happens. Where's Jamie? Yeah. Oh, she's Jamie's right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she gets her hair done. Then she goes back to her room. And, you know, it, it's it's kind of nice. You get to see this sort of orchestra of yeah. players within like a really special weekend, right? Of, yeah. you know, someone's wedding. So that's become really popular for us is like hosting um, a family and or the bridal party and mm. everyone kind of getting ready and really enjoying the weekend. Yeah. And that's really where we shine because we do provide that kind of level of service where right. we take care of everything. So from shuttle service to breakfast to just anything that the the bride or the couple really needs. Do you get bad guests at, at bed and breakfast? I feel like it sort of lends itself to not get it well but. i mean you can never really fully vet everyone who comes through your door yeah um, i just feel like someone who was like i'm gonna go to a bed and breakfast 
they're they're not going to be terrible. Well, I don't know, maybe let's that's hope. I mean, I think people walk in the door and they're like, "Oh, this is fancy." But <laughs> 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 I'm like, "Well, yeah, you yeah. saw the photos online, right?" Yeah. So, um, and then you know, but also, I mean, okay, so this neighborhood we have a ton of like live music mm-hmm. and nightlife, and every now and then we'll get some person who's just had a little too much fun, mm, sure, and they like to continue partying, and of course, we do have quiet hours, like you yeah. know, we're we want to be respectful of other guests. So we'll right. have to knock on someone's door from time to time. Um, yeah, you have to turn the party down. Like it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, for the most part, um, or people walk in and maybe they've reserved through a third party like Expedia and they didn't realize we were a bed and breakfast mm. versus a traditional hotel. Sure. Generally, once they check into their room, they realize, oh, this place is swanky. It's yeah. fine. We're good. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, it's just feeling someone out because you know there are so many different ways that you can reserve mm. um and we like to have that personal experience we'll always reach out to a guest to find out when they're coming to check in mm-hmm. offer them parking if they have a car like we want to get all this information from them like do you have any food allergies because we're right. preparing breakfast in the morning please let us know if you're gluten intolerant yeah so um and then some folks get kind of put off by that because they're just not used to getting those kinds mm. of questions from a traditional right, hotel. Right, right. Why do you want to know? Yeah. What's it to <laughs> what you? What are you doing? <laughs> trying to help you. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually trying to be nice. <laughs> yeah. So what is something like in your journey of being sort of an entrepreneur and buying these and owning um, different businesses that you didn't really see come or that have been like challenging for you that you didn't really Well, know? I think the thing that's really difficult is, I mean, um, I, well, actually... It's actually been interesting, right? So I did a major renovation in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that there was a new hotel that was opening up down the street, the Roby. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, well, that's it. You know, I, I used to not have any competition aside from Airbnb, and I right. really had no problem booking up my rooms. Um, now that the new hotel is going to be opening up, that's going to really severely impact my business. Yeah, Maybe I don't do this anymore or... Um, if I do decide to do it, continue on. Yeah, it was really re envisioning my space and re envisioning my business mm-hmm. because I'm small. Um, I'm able to kind of pivot. Mm. So I saw the opportunity to expand. Um, luckily enough, the uh, my neighbor was moving, and that was really my sort of impetus for like doubling down and yeah. um, doing a complete renovation and expanding the business and providing my guests what I thought was the new level of service and mm. new level of amenities. Right. Which when I first got started, again, I purchased the business from two owners who mm. and back in 2004. So th- things have changed a lot since then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, High-speed internet access to yeah. begin with. Um, so just in general, like there was a lot that needed to be upgraded. Mm. And I saw this as an opportunity to kind of just change it up and make it really... Um, basically, you know, bring it into the 2020s. So, yeah. yeah. Were the the owners that you bought from, were they long-term owners of that, of Wicker Park? I think that they started in 2001. So really only had it for a few years. And usually that's the mark. Someone has told me like three years or three months, that's usually when you find out whether or not this is for you. (laughs) And uh, the boys, I call them the boys because it was Stephen and David, and they decided that it wasn't for them. Mm. And they moved on to France um, uh, <laughs> the country. They totally left. <laughs> and um, and luckily enough, because they were moving 
I mean, out mm-hmm. of the country. They left everything behind. So every, oh. all the furniture was still there. I basically bought the house and the business. Mm. Um, it was kind of two separate transactions. They trained me on how to, you know, check in a guest, how to place a reservation. But again, this is all 15 years ago. It was right. completely changed, different yeah. operation. Yeah. So the building you're in though, isn't it, is very old, right? It's a historic building. Yeah. Um, there aren't many row houses here in Chicago. They're mostly on the East coast. Mm. So it's even a rare um, building to have in Chicago. Yeah. It's a really cool looking building. What oh, was it originally? Um, it was just a, probably back in the day, probably a two story or two flat, mm. um, probably two families lived on each side. Okay. Um, this neighborhood from what my architect tells me, it was like, you know, just a lot of families kind of living together here mm. in Bucktown, Wicker Park. So, yeah. um, and then just, I mean, as the neighborhood started gentrifying, people started buying these properties and mm-hmm. turning them into single family homes. When I purchased the building, it was the, the previous owners were living on the first floor and renting mm. out the three bedrooms upstairs, but it was kind of in like converted to a single family home at that point. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so what are your plans for the future with this stuff. Are you going to buy uh, another a bed and breakfast? Well, uh, again, the city of Chicago We're only allows one. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, okay. And I don't know if I should say anything. I, I have no. So the idea is, and I don't know if I should, I'm always looking for an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the one thing that kind of hurts me more than anything is I've been in business for 15 years. And mm-hmm. sometimes people are like, oh, I didn't even know you were here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. And I have an advertising background, so that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing a that's really a bad double, job of marketing. Me, yeah. yeah. So um, I'm thinking about just maybe possibly doing something where I um, increase my visibility. Mm, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like division. When I owned the Alliance Bakery, it was kind of a city street. There was a gold star across the street and then Zakapani next door. Yep. And then Cutthroat Liquors down the street. So, you know, kind of like... <laughs> Three Gold really, Star still there. So yes, it is. They still made it. They still made it. Zakapani's yeah. still there too. Yeah. But now you've got Target, Foxtrot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like all the stuff that's happening, which is nice. It's just, it's a different flavor, a different vibe to the neighborhood. Sure. Um, and I'd like to keep that local flavor here. Like I want yeah. it to be independently owned or locally owned kind of businesses right. that thrive. Um, where can people find information about uh, Wicker Park Inn and uh, everything like that and book also the apartments as well? Yeah. So our website is www.wickerparkin.com. Mm-hmm. We always like it when people book directly, but if you find us on other sources, by all means. Does um, that like, because they, they get like a portion of your rooms or yeah. something? So it's basically when someone books third party, that third party receives a commission. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fine. I mean, it's another way for me to just sort of advertise my space, but, um, it's sort of, again, because it's third party, it's a little bit removed, so I don't Mm. get as much information. information. Yeah, sure. No. Yeah. So, uh, go to the website and then, are you guys on like social media and stuff like that? Oh yeah. A ton. So Instagram, it's at Wicker Park Inn, Mm -hmm. Facebook, Pinterest. Oh, you're on Pinterest? Yeah. Oh, (laughs) I have to go check that out. Do you, do you guys do you have a Pinterest no. account? No, <laughs> I, wish, I think I do, but I I don't know how to get on. Oh. I made it so long ago. I think, oh my and gosh. I haven't checked it. Well, I mean, I just like boards and stuff and creating ideas. So, but that's good for uh for a bed and breakfast because you can you're like the pictures on your website are really nice. Like your rooms are really beautiful and oh, stuff. Thank you. Yeah. So I feel like Pinterest is a place for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we give suggestions on like the best coffee shops in town mm. or places what to do when you're in the city or like, the best cafe. 
cafes, things like that. So, yeah. Because there's like so many of those lists. When, when we initially moved here, there's like, oh, this is the best coffee shop. No, <laughs> this list is the best, you know? Yeah. There's just too many. Yeah. There's too many lists. How many are those in Milwaukee? Do you guys have a top 10 for yeah, but best bars in Milwaukee? Oh, there, there's too many bars. That's the thing. <laughs> Every list is different. If you would have said coffee shops, there's only a certain amount that you probably could put on a list in Milwaukee. But yeah. Um, Thank you for coming out. I appreciate you. Well, thank you. you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It so fun. go check out the Wicker Park Inn. Go book your stay. Lo- live local. Yeah. Check it out and, and uh, have fun. If you're in the neighborhood, um, feel free to like, you know, if you don't want to stay overnight, we also have experiences there. We do cooking classes. Oh, cool. You can rent out the kitchen for a private dinner party or private event. So if you want to be fancy. Yeah. 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 And not have to clean your own kitchen. (laughs) That's the best part. Yeah. You don't have to clean up afterwards. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, thank you very much.